This episode of With Love and Justice for All is brought to you by Bliss Books and Wine. Bliss Books and Wine is an independent black-owned bookstore for wine enthusiasts and book lovers. Listed as one of the black-owned bookstores in America that amplify the best in literature by OprahDaily.com, Bliss Books and Wine is your go-to for all your favorite titles, including ebooks and audiobooks. And when we buy from black-owned businesses, we are helping to create a world of racial equity. When ordering online, use the code 846BOOK for a 10% discount. That's 846-B-O-O-K for a 10% discount at blissbooksandwine.com. Exploring the healing and culture building practices of embodied anti-racism. This is With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. Hello, hello, all the lands, all the ears, everyone. Welcome to another episode of With Love and Justice for All. This is episode 105. We're calling it Still Marching and Other Headlines. This is the official podcast of Project Sanctus, where we have conversations around embodied anti-racism, dismantling oppression, fostering liberation, and special attention to the challenges that arise as spiritual seekers and for spiritual communities. I am a Reverend Ogan Holder, your co-host, here with my co-host, the one and only Reverend Kelly Isla. How are you doing today, Reverend Kelly? I'm doing pretty good. And it's also, you said the one and only, and I think one is sufficient. <laughs> well, okay. One and all, like in a good way, like one is sufficient. You know what? Agree to disagree. I think the world could use more people like you. But, you know, if you don't want to take that on. No, no, no. There's a difference between like me and me. And you. Okay. All right. Maybe maybe still agree to disagree. Regardless. Uh, I'm good. You're you're good. Good. I'm looking forward to it. I'm always looking forward to it. And, you know, it's weird to say I'm looking forward to today because the headlines are, you know, um, a little bit sad. And uh, just a reminder that we have to keep talking. We, the work, yes, we wherever do. I am, that's where the work is. Yes. And wherever you, our listeners, are, uh, whether you're in uh, one of the 24 countries around the world that listen to us or scattered all around the US and A. Um, the work is where you are as well. And we thank you for joining us in that work. Um, please learn more about us and share more about us on the social media. We are on Facebook and Instagram at Get Our Holy On. You can call and leave us a voicemail, 413-GET-HOLY or 413-438-4659 if you don't have letters on your phone. Um, Anything else? Is that, is, is that, are there phones without letters? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I guess not. It's just the thing I say. Sorry, I, it was a squirrel moment. We can keep going. <laughs> it's a thing I, you know, I'm gonna pull up. I'm gonna pull up my phone now. And Your phone has I, num- has letters. Letters, letters, and numbers. Yeah. But, you know, it's sometimes tedious to look for the letters because they're yes. multiple letters per number. I know. And, you know, I'm harkening back to the rotary phone days when I think there were just numbers, but no, there was letters then too. Not on my rotary phone. Well, because because that's what phone numbers used to Maybe. be, like Murray Hill Seven. So you'd the need more, the letters. The more, the more you know. There we go. 
I'm right. chock full of useless information. We already squirrel in a rabbit hole and we're not even four okay. minutes into this thing yet. I'll stop. <laughs> Refocus. What would you like to invite folks into? Well, we always talk about our affinity groups. Uh, it's one of the most powerful ways to do the work, you know, embodied anti-racism. And we have two groups a month. One is actually a communal group that's on the first Wednesday of every month at 7.30 Eastern time. And then on the third Wednesday, we have true affinity groups where I facilitate a group of those that identify as white bodies. And uh, Reverend Ogan facilitates the group of those that identify as non-white or BIPOC or people of color or um, black. There's so many, uh, I'm never quite sure which, which word well, to I mean, use every, say non-white. Every, every, everyone's got their preference. Um, yes. I'm com I'm comfortable with black. Call me black all day long. Um, some people prefer African American. You know, it 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 varies. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm not trying to be facetious, but I use all those different different synonyms because I do know that uh, that people prefer different um, different yes. words. Um, so first and third Wednesday of every month. Uh, next week we will have will be the first. Um, Wednesday of the month, which is September 6th. Right now we're recording on August 29th. So when I say next week, it's a week and a day at um, September 6th, 7.30 Eastern, go to the website projectsanctus.com and you can register for the communal group and you need to register for the affinity groups because each group has its own uh, Zoom link. And as always, uh, we uh, ask for donations. Uh, we ask for um, we're in the, the practice of generosity um, and in the flow of generosity and uh, to keep things moving and, and for Ogan and I continue to to offer, you know, the, the offerings that we have, you know, spend time developing. Uh, we do a lot of writing. We have the podcast. We have, you know, webinars, lots of different um, ways that we spend our, that we invest our time in dismantling racism. And so your donations help keep that train running. So you can visit projectsanctus.com and click on donate. And it doesn't matter if it's a dollar or five dollars, and certainly uh, any amount um, is always helpful. I think that's all that I have. And right. now, uh, yeah, so let's get to our, um, let's get to our headlines. Um, the first one that that I wanted to talk about, if it's okay with you, is that I'm um, not sure. I didn't see much yesterday, either in the news or on social media, recognizing that yesterday was the anniversary of um, the murder of Emmett Till in Mississippi. And so August 28, 1955, two white men um, abducted 14-year-old Emmett Till and murdered him uh, in, in Drew, Mississippi. And um, it's uh it, it's 1955 i i you know often hear this um story um you know about emmett till he was a young black man so i didn't say that part i guess i assumed people would um catch on but two white men um abducted him and murdered him and um just the i think one of the most powerful um pieces of this this story of of Emmett Till is that um, 
his mother, when his body was found, it was mutilated and it was bloated. It was a few days after he'd been um, murdered. And his, um, so he was, he was very disfigured and his mother, um, I, I can't even imagine how she did this, but uh, her name is Mamie Till Bradley. And she held an open casket funeral in Chicago so that thousands could see what had been done to her son and to show the world the brutality that Emmett suffered and that the whole nation really needs to bear witness to um, this violence, to this, um, this violence within this racial caste system um, within the Mississippi Delta, which has not gone away. Um, so I, I, you know, it's it's a story that you know it's an event I think that that bears repeating because uh, it hasn't gone away, which is frightening and disheartening, and we need to keep talking. Yes, we do. It was very very brave of her um, yeah. to do that. Um, I also can't imagine um, as a parent. Yeah. I have often said that you know. As many of our listeners know, um, my wife passed away eight years ago. I have one daughter, and should anything happen to her for any reason, fatally, whether it's by accident or by design, like, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. I mean, I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> I've, I've come a long way on my grief journey. Lots of people have died over the last few years, and I've done a lot of work around grief, a lot of education around grief. I'm a grief counselor myself. But yeah, I wouldn't know what to do with myself when your child dies. It's an it's an upending of the I think the order of the universe, especially yeah. when your child is killed for in such a heinous way by such heinous people because of hate. Like mm -hmm. I I don't I can't imagine. Um, and yes, the because of her bravery in showing the brutality in such a graphic way it really it was it was one of the few images and one of the few prominent images that really galvanized the attention of the rest of the country right. to make them realize that yes things are that bad in racist south um and well racist america uh, things are that bad and here's the result of it um, so, so we honor, we honor that journey um, that she's had to take. Um, and people say things like we honor his sacrifice. I don't like to use that word sacrifice because sacrifice implies something voluntary, like you were voluntarily right. given. Yeah, yeah. there's nothing voluntarily, voluntary about what happened. You know, some kid is visiting his family in the South and this is what happens to him. And as we all know, it was, it was the reason why he was um, killed was the claim that he whistled at a white woman who would later recant that um, that accusation. Yes, she was the wife of the one of the men that killed him. Yes, um, and she would later admit that it never really happened. Um, yeah. And yeah, so ah, yes. Well, the other so, the the one the one other thing, and then we'll you know move us on sure. is that it is. You know, in and his mother, you know, choosing to leave the casket open. Everything you said, uh, you know, about 
you know, losing a child. I know when my brother died, my mother was never the same, but he wasn't murdered. And it wasn't, you know, this, this mutilated, horribly disfigured corpse. And she wanted the whole nation to bear witness to this. And I, I also think it was, um, you know, to making this huge statement, like she was putting her own life on the line by doing that, uh, mm-hmm. that she very easily, you know, I'm sure she got death threats. I'm sure she, you know, um, you know, not just the suffering of losing your child, but then recognizing that you are, you know, 1955, inviting more, you know, more violence on yourself. So. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. All true. Well, and I don't. I, I bring that up because I. I just. I don't know that white folks actually you know, there's, there's more beyond, like, I think a lot of people would just stop at how, how awful it would be to have an open casket. And I don't know, I just want to make sure that white folks, like, play it out further, right? And I yeah. I don't know that a lot of white folks do that. So, um, yeah, um, and events like that, um, and other massive injustices who contributed or led to um, another anniversary we just recently celebrated this past weekend. It was the 60th anniversary on um, the march um, in Washington, the march on Washington for jobs and freedom. And, freedom. Yeah. and everybody um, forgets most- those two things. Well, they forget the jobs part, especially, yeah, right? Yeah. So, so, so this was this was as we all know, where um, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. made his famous "I Have a Dream" speech. The uh, the the end of which is so very vastly quoted. Everything before that, not so much. Right. Right. But we forget that the job that the march was really again around. Um, advocating for basically a decent living wage for yeah. for everyone. Um, at the time, the minimum wage was a dollar fifteen cents, um, adjusted for inflation. That was about eleven forty five. Eleven dollars and forty five cents adjusted for inflation was the minimum wage. That was not enough for a decent standard of living. And what is even more horrendous is that the actual federal minimum wage today is $7.25. It's horrendous. Now, to be clear, there are many states and many places um, who have upped their minimum wage to more than $11.45. Some places, $12 to $17 minimum wage. But... um, these are organizations and areas that are doing it of their own volition because still again the federal minimum wage the the most amount of money that anyone is legally required to pay anyone for their services or job is seven dollars and 25 cents per hour okay just let it let it sink in for a little bit and realize that at that rate with the cost of living um that we have today increase in rents all the things this is this keeps people in poverty okay this is not a wage that a full-time job will get you out of poverty this keeps you poor 
And that's why you have to have multiple jobs. It's just, yeah, it's just over $1,000 a month. It is, it's crazy. It's crazy uh, that people expect folks to live with that. And, um, and the capitalistic lie that is perpetuated is that businesses will say, if we raise our minimum wage too high, the cost will have to be foisted onto the customer and you'll be paying more for your goods and services. That has been soundly um, um, rebutted, rebutted, that's the word you want, rebutted um, by actual evidence of states and places that have raised their minimum wage to $15 or more per hour, have kept the cost of products about the same and the companies make profit, the employees yeah. live better, and it's just better for everyone. So don't believe the lie if there's someone saying to you, yeah, anything more than, than $7.25 is going to make things more expensive for you. Categorically, not true. Um, but anyways, um, this past... Wait, you mean capitalists are, are being dishonest about something? I mean, you say tomato, I say tomato, yes. Um, the, uh, so this past Saturday uh, was the 60th anniversary of the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom. Um, and just like six years ago, fabulous speakers, including his son, uh, Martin Luther King III, um, his daughter, who I don't know if you've ever seen interviews with her, but she's becoming quite the young activist herself. I saw her in a CNN interview. She was sitting between her parents and she just said, yeah, uh, the previous generation has failed us and put us in a tough position. <laughs> her dad was like, the look on his face was like, kind of like, oh, I'm sitting right here, you know, <laughs> but she, she didn't hold back. She just, she just yeah. said it. And I think she's like 16 or something. She's like, yeah, she's a teenager. Um, so he spoke, the wife spoke, she spoke, um, you know, Reverend Al Sharpton spoke. Um, I, I got it. I'll, I'll say it. I'll admit it. I was here in the DC area and I did not attend this March. I, I, I got some feelings around myself for that, but it was, it was, I, I thought about going and I had a, just a fully, I don't know why I'm admitting this confession good for the soul, I guess. Um, but I was like, I'm, I'm so tired. I got other stuff going on in the evening. Uh, and also the introvert in me was like, I don't know that I want to uh, encounter, you know, tens of thousands of strangers right now. Um, so I didn't go. And also, they started things at 8 in the morning. Why would you start a march at 8 in the morning? Because it's hot. <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> Let's go with that. Well, you you did ask. <laughs> I did. I did. Yeah. I did. You know, it was you know one of the, but... the I, well, uh, what do I know? Um, I can't ever tell when you're rhetorical or not. I, uh, I, I know. I know. Um, so I answer, and then I find out. Um, what, so you talked about all these women that spoke, and what's wonderful about that is uh, that at the original march there was only one female speaker. So um, there was a uh, you know certainly many more women, and and even the the topics that were talked about were were much more diverse. 
um, like anti-Semitism and the one of the Parkland school shooting survivors uh, yeah. called for younger generations to run for office in response to gun violence. Um, there were a couple of Democratic members of Congress um, that spoke calling for federal voting rights. So um, it was, you know, the the issues, um, you know, were still, um, you know, it was still the pushback on violence. It was still, you know, the conversation around jobs and freedom and liberation, but <clears throat> but highlighting, you know, <clears throat> where in our society is, um, you know, we're having to, where the things are still in jeopardy, um, where yeah, things are six, still needing a lot of work. 60 years later, and we're still having the same discussions, we're still fighting for the same rights. Um, and there are those who would say, but look how much better things are. And I'd say, mm -hmm. is that really true? <laughs> um, and and as if to prove that point and later that day what happens in jacksonville florida some 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 racist white young man decides to gun down for no apparent reason other than his racist ideology uh right. three black folk um so so to say that we've 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 you know moved on and don't have things like lynchings anymore for example Mm, not true. Um, do we have do we have uh, state approved and sanctioned lynchings? No, but we still have lynchings. Let's call this what it was. It it was a lynching. Let's call what happened to Ahmaud Arbery what it was. It was it was a lynching. Um, these these things are George still Floyd. happening. George Floyd. Yeah, these things are are still happening, and and. It the thing that angered me after the shock and the sadness, what angered me is once again, there's a press conference where once again, authorities say things like, this was a lone wolf who was acting on oh, his own yeah. as not affiliated with any organization or anyone else. And, and I wanna say, we have to stop saying that because then what we what that what the message is sending is oh this was just a person who had some mental health issues who was insane who was crazy and what it doesn't highlight is the fact that we have a whole like racist uh uh anti-trans anti-queer um, anti um you know, blow up of ideologies that's being supported in the media by right-wing politicians. The state of Florida is like, and Governor, Governor Ron DeSantis, the poster child for this. When you live in a state that's deciding we're not gonna teach or allow you to teach, you know, the facts of black history in America, what you're sending the message is that yes, black folk, don't deserve to be seen, don't deserve to be acknowledged as human beings. He showed up on the site um, and was trying to have a press conference and he was being booed uh, because people yeah. are like, the, 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 the rhetoric that you are putting out and the message that your rhetoric is sending is not helping. It's, it's justifying um, these folks in their, in, in, in their hateful rhetoric, you know, and um, as you've seen and heard, you know, this guy had, uh, you know, he had his, what you call it, uh, the swastika carved into his 
to his gun, his gun barrel, um, or his gun, the, the stock of his gun um, as well. Um, so, so all this, all this hateful ideology is, is, is present. And um, I do want to, I'm not going to mention his name because I don't want to elevate him and Martin Rice him anymore, but um, uh, I will mention the names of the victims. Um, Angela Michelle Carr was 52 and AJ LeGuerre was 19. He was the store employee outside the Dollar General and a customer, Jared Gallion, 29 years old. Um, and he was coming in the store and he was shot. And it was, it was, yeah, this is still happening. This is why 60 years later, we're still marching. This is why 60 years later, we are still highlighting and, and talking about, like you said, and we have to keep talking about it, keep being in action about it, that, that not only are these things happening, but, but there is a concerted effort to, to take us backwards, to, to yes. not address these things, um, to yes. not acknowledge that the racist ideology is out there, to not acknowledge that the ease of which someone can obtain a, a, a gun um, is helping either. And we don't, it's just infuriating, 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 infuriating that we are in this place 60 years later. Right. As though nothing's changed. And the shooter, by the way, 21 years old. 21 years old. The thing um, that I want to, that yeah. I'm, I have gotten very, you know, when you say infuriating is, is I'm, I'm really, I don't, not sure what the answer is, but sick to death of, there's always this leap to, you know, all oh, he was mentally ill, you know, or I'm like, because he, he's, you know, clearly racist. He had posted stuff online. He shows up with an assault rifle, murders three people. So he must be mentally ill as opposed to, no, no, this is what you taught him. You know, yes. like his and parents, his community, yeah, his social and, media, and, Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis. <laughs> this is right. what you've there's, taught. There's an indoctrination that happened yeah. there. Um, I don't, I don't know about throwing his parents under the bus because, again, mm. uh, you know, here, here's, here's, here's the thing: is that, you know, all, all this hateful ideology is easily accessible online and yep. i'm sure i'm sure it begins with you know having uh media stations like fox news and one america and all those ridiculous far-right um spewing ridiculous propaganda places on tv all the time and then you just go you just go search um one of the uh, there's an article on the root uh, that speaks to the commonalities being, um, between the 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 shooters yeah. in Jacksonville, Buffalo, and Charleston. Charleston. Yeah. yeah, and if you remember, uh, in in Buffalo, it happened at the grocery store, um, yeah. and Charleston was at a church where these individuals just walked in and intent. They're not shooting at random. They intentionally sought black people to kill. Yeah. Um, and things that they all had in common, they left. They left the manifesto spewing uh, hateful ideology um, towards black folk, Jewish folk, 
Hispanic Asians, and they were motivated by racism. They, they had this belief in neo-Nazism and white nationalism. And yeah. uh, I mean, I want to say like, guys, we, we fought over the whole Nazi ideology. We literally had a world war about it. Right. Why is, why is this still a thing? I make it make sense. Make it make sense. Uh, oh my God. Um, you know, white nationalism with its very strong um, Christian connections. Yeah, Christian and I'm not throwing yeah. Christian nationalism. I'm not throwing Christianity writ large under the bus. Although it's, although it's been interesting. I think we mentioned this in our last episode, or maybe it's talking with someone. I don't know. All my life is one big blur right now. Um, <laughs> how 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 you you find in some christian churches now people are actually ministers clergy are actually saying saying things from the new testament that jesus said and some of the congregants are like that's left-wing talking points or like right. yeah well yes it's what jesus said you know it's not it's if we want to call that left-wing ideology that says you know love your neighbor and feed the poor and welcome the stranger those are the tenets of christianity that you say you ascribe to so mm -hmm. if you want to say jesus was liberal sure but again it's not liberalism it's not conservatism it's just being a decent human being so oh. anyways anyways continues to continues to floor me also what continues to floor me is uh the churches that try to stay neutral around these issues and and not speak loudly and i'm going to take a moment here again always get myself in trouble potentially take a moment to uh call our own denomination unity um and other new thought denominations who do a really good job of of promoting the message of not othering people so the idea is um to which i agree with the point the idea is we have to stop making it about us and them. We we are all in this together. Like, and, and we've talked about this in terms of uh, like the, when we did our book, The Sum of Us, and we talked yeah. about you know the opposite of zero sum mentality is oh my god, I just blanked on the term. What's the opposite of zero? Uh, when we, oh, um, um uh, that thing, shoot. yeah, that thing. When we realize that solidarity, we, social solidarity. There you go, social solidarity. The idea of as we address the injustices and disparities from marginalized people and bring policies into place, those policies aren't just meant for those people. The policies encompass everyone. So everyone benefits from it, right? We had the we had the example of when, you know, the US used to have this massive network of giant swimming pools in towns and cities, but they were segregate, segregated. And when they were desegregated, by federal law rather than share the pool they filled them in with concrete <laughs> so that you know now nobody got the benefit of it that was the zero sum and now we see more and more evidences that as we improve things for marginalized folks and change policies and do things that are good for the environment everyone benefits so so yeah so 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 i agree therefore in concept with the we shouldn't do the other in piece of it. However, if we spend most of our time not othering, what it comes across often as is we're neutral. And neut neutrality is not a place to be. It's not a thing. 
you're either for it or you're against it. Uh, what what the message yeah. neutrality says is that um, we are not going to be a voice for your play. We're not going to be a safe space for you. Um, and you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. There was. <laughs> All right, I got it. I got to do it. I got to do it. I got to do it. And the uh, the or or Unity uh, Facebook group. Um, there was an interesting response from the uh, Unity Worldwide Ministry CEO to an article in the Washington Post that somebody said. Oh, uh, yes. Whereby in the Post, there was a young Black man talking about he's one of the religious nuns, you know, the not affiliated with any religion or movement. And he talks N -O, about yeah, why. N-O-N-E, not N-U-N. <laughs> right. A religious nun. <laughs> well, all nuns are religious, aren't they? Maybe. I don't know. Anyways, uh, yes, N-O-N-E, so not affiliated with any particular religion or spiritual movement, as is uh, the case with many young folk, millennial and Gen Zers, as is, and it's the fastest growing, if you want to call it, a group of people. <laughs> like, you know, more and more people are becoming nuns, N-O-N-E-S, and not affiliated. And he's and in the article, he specifically mentioned um, you know, there's no one particular reason why people leave church, especially young people leave church or have no desire to be in church. One of the things he did mention was was the idea of of being um, disillusioned because churches, which you think would be the best places for these quote unquote liberal talking points, i.e., Jesus telling us how we should live, that he wasn't hearing it a lot from a lot of churches um so he was kind of di disillusioned and and even though he's saying this you know the ceo of our movement is like yeah i disagree with him about the other in thing and it's creating political blind spots and i'm like but he's telling you why he's not walking into a church and rather than go like let me listen let me listen to what they're saying you're like right. yeah, i don't agree with that Right, so. right. You're you're gonna you're gonna argue with someone's lived experience. It's and also and, and also the here's what I think we should do instead. And it's like, but but they're giving you the answer. They're actually telling you why why but again, that's my frustration. Now, to be clear, and and I I I don't want to be throwing all of unity on the bus because of course they're individual churches and individual ministers. We're doing a good job of speaking to the issues. There are individual Christian movements that are very progressive and are very political and are being being very good. I'm looking at UCC, I'm looking at Presbyterians, I'm looking at the half of the Methodists that decide we're gonna break away and support queer folk. Like there are people and, and religious movements and individual churches who are actually realizing that, that we gotta take the both hand approach. We gotta take the Jesus approach of love your neighbor, good Samaritan, everybody is my brother. And we also gotta flip some tables and whip some people and drive them out of the temple. We we gotta do both. And you know, this is this is my frustration when you thought we do a really good job of the not othering. Perhaps it's time as a movement to do a much better job of the flipping the tables. That's my soapbox. Yeah, well, there's well, and there's also it's also problematic to that if there's because I know some ministers who do not believe that there's racism. Um, 
and and so uh, and I or like, or or that we when you say not to be more specific that that it's not an issue for our times. There was racism, but right. it's not a it's not a thing anymore. And and right. by us talking about it, we keep making it a thing. Yeah. Now that, that we're being divisive. <laughs> Right. So yes, yes, there, there um, so, there's still some folks around. But what's pro what's problematic about that othering thing is that if I am in a conversation with someone and you know they're you know let's I'll just say you know another white body and their the conversation is is that that's their stance that racism is not an issue anymore um, because I don't you know that's just blatantly untrue uh, and I'm not going to say that to the person because that's just going to shut down any conversation however I am going to ask some questions I am going to you know the best of my ability engage a conversation and it, you know that's what we do that's what you and I do is you know the conversations that have to be had I'm not othering the person uh, you know othering is like you don't belong I you know you're the spawn of Satan that's extreme but you know where I'm pushing you away <laughs> Um, but if you, you know, if you're, I'm talking about human rights, um, and if you're not, you know, on board with human rights, like racial equity, you know, liberation, justice, I'm not othering you. I'm, you know, I'm sorry, but you have some learning to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, so one of the other interesting things when we talk about um creating the the culture and the environment to, to foster such hatred um and racism um again we looked to florida of course um and we knew we knew that florida you know big on the book bans big on the anti-trans talk and so on but then they went a step further and in their they, they're given permission for schools to use content by uh, Prager University as part of Ugh. their schools, as part of their education curriculum. And it's interesting because we're gonna get to what Prager is in a second, but I also just read that, that Texas is not allowing Prager material to be used in its schools. Now, Texas is saying this stuff might be a little bit too far. <laughs> like, what is that telling you, right? I know, if but, Texas says that, yeah. yeah. But Florida's like, nah, we're good. Go ahead, go 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 ahead with it. So so Prager University, um, and um, in our time doing this, doing this work, we've actually had folks in Unity again. Some of said ministers you referred to earlier uh, refer to refer to Prager University content and said, here are some people addressing, you know, the issues without being divisive. So we, we, we got that, right? So let's be clear, in case you're not clear what PragerU is, um, it is a conservative platform that was founded by conservative talk show hosts, Dennis Prager and Alan Estrin in 2009. And on its website, it says, um, it is um, a free alternative to the dominant left-wing ideology in culture, media, and education. So uh, it's already setting itself up as this, we are, we are going to be the alternative yeah. um, to, to 
what they believe is propaganda. So just in case you were like, oh, so they provide in more of a balanced sort of, um, what do you call it, a balanced sort of uh, approach to this. Um, yeah, let's look at some of the folks who are featured presenters of their uh, content. Okay, well, it, so, so you can be, you know, so I'm a teacher in Florida and I've been given, I'm, I can't be fired and I'm given permission to show PragerU stuff, but I'm not allowed to teach real history? Correct, correct, correct. Uh, because because this content, it, it downplays slavery. It questions whether humans really cause climate change. They're coming up with some climate change propaganda Ugh. videos for little kids now. Um, and so 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 here here are some of the names. Here are some of the names of people um, who either narrate or host programs or put out videos. Uh, we got Candace Owens. And Ugh. if you don't know any of these names, go look them up. Candace Owens, Ben Shapiro. Uh, I believe Tucker Carlson has done some stuff too on there. He's not listed right now on their website, but I know he's done some narration and some things. Uh, Jordan well, Peterson. Maybe, maybe getting fired by Fox was too much for them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jordan Peterson, oh, um, Larry Elder. Um, and to be clear, um, some of these, not all these people are white. So let me, let me not, in case you're thinking this is like a whole white thing. Um, well, the founders were, but there are a lot of people here who basically have have decided or 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 a stance or a voice for downplaying the urgency around the the racism in the U.S. Uh, who are willing to simply just uh, bypass it, um, yeah. who are anti-queer, anti-trans. Um, it is it is. Is insidious. So this is not neutral material. This is no. not real educational material. This is not a balanced view material. Um, no. One of the videos that they put out recently that has been making the rounds is uh, a cartoon of of um, I hate it when they blank on names when I'm about to say them. Uh, famous black speaker, author, who was once a slave, freed himself. Uh, damn it, I hate it when this happens. Anyway, the name will come to me and I'm not thinking about it. So there's this video of him basically talking to a young, uh, these young kids who travel back in time to meet him and saying things like, yes, slavery was bad, but the founders realized that they had to make a compromise in order for America to work. So they allow slavery and then yeah. the little girl says i love your i love her i love your hair can i touch it I oh like, my god what is, what is happening right now what is happening right now oh my, oh my goodness god. Uh, oh my god yeah. it, well and it's, and, it's, and teaching kids that um you know the that uh, there's you know climate change is not a thing and that you know fossil fuels aren't bad and I, you know there's not a credible scientist in the entire world who would agree with that <laughs> you know exactly exactly it's just exactly. A, it's it's a what is you know it's a, it's almost like that um you know i'm in missouri so not far away is that creation museum 
Oh, yeah. So, yeah, like here's the world in 6,000 years. That's how it came into being. Um, yeah. It's just really, it's just scary. Um, it is. It is. So, so yes. Yeah, so this is, this is now a whole, this is now a whole uh, thing. Um, and uh, on their webpage is a whole, um, um, what do you call it? Um, promotion around the fact that um, thousands of teachers and school board members have contacted them and asking for quality resources to help educate students on civics and American history and financial literacy. It's, it's all propaganda. It's admitted yeah. censoring and rewriting of history. And it is so scary that that schools are looking to this so basically again we're gonna we're gonna erase actual history and replace it with um doctor history whitewashed history um and yeah scary times scary times um so these things are all connected right because now it it helps you know 60 years ago um, we're, 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 there's this march in Washington during the civil rights era are, you know, the, the, coming out of the, the Jim Crow slash civil rights era, whereby it's post-slavery, but, but black folk are still being treated less than human. Um, there's lynchings, there's beatings, there's voter suppression, there's all the things. Um, and 60 years later, we still have black people being killed. We still have efforts to now legally do voter suppression. We still have um, uh, a, a culture of miseducation and misinformation that feeds the narrative um, of the far right. And because we live in a time where we can all simply go get information that already supports our worldview, this is this is what yeah. this is what people are are choosing to ingest and not even get get the whole story and the and the full picture and yeah scary scary well, times and and it's and there's almost no um uh the, those that create the videos really have very little depth of educational background yeah um, and these folks are not professors <clears throat> they're not no, they're not they're not even teachers yeah. they they don't you know um they're not an accredited university they it's they're not they're a university very, at all <laughs> well yes um they they you know it says very clearly that you know that they're looking to indoctrinate um yeah. you know put american you know pro-american judeo-christian values you know front and center um, and yes. and all of it's free. Um, it's all free content. One of the I'm looking at the titles of one of the videos. Uh, that um, her name is Carol Carol Swain. She's a black woman, um, and she writes. Um, the video is entitled "Why the Three Fifths Compromise Was Anti-Slavery." Let that sink in for a minute. Why the Three-Fifths Compromise was anti-slavery. If you're not familiar with the Three-Fifths Compromise, um, basically when they were deciding, so this is this is uh, when they were deciding how many um, House representatives each state should have, right? And they were like, we're gonna base it on numbers, 
numbers of the people who live in the state. Um, and slave owners were like, well, um, basically, we got a lot of people, they're slaves, and they're gonna, they need to be counted, but we can't really count them as each slave is a person because they're right. property. So it's basically this idea that as we're, as we're taking a, a, a count of the folks in the state and in terms of wealth holding and therefore will determine how many representatives they should have, basically um, each slave was counted as three-fifths of a person um, and that went towards the, the tally for the state. So the three-fifths compromise was basically dehumanizing human beings and somehow that was anti-slavery. I might take a moment to watch that right. video and come back with details around it. But just that title alone is like, I wait, what? Like seriously, this is this is what we're doing. Well, um, he's you know the, the DeSantis is creating this this um, desert, you know, an education apartheid. Um, Basically, yes. And so, you know, teachers are looking for you know curriculum and content, and you know one of the things that's so dangerous about it is that um, it looks really nice. You know, it looks professional, and if you're listening to it, um, it sounds like it makes sense. Um, yeah. But if you know anything about the topic, you come to the conclusion that it's false. It's it's logical fallacy. Yes, um, yes. So if and, you or anyone you know or is watching anything from PragerU, please Google all the stuff you're watching. Because <laughs> it's all fake news. It's it's all like you said, nicely packaged, intelligent sounding misinformation, yep. Yep. Um, and and whitewashed information. So yeah, um, so yeah, so it's not it's not a and um, in case you're wondering why we're platforming them, it's just so we make sure that we know this is this is what's working its way into school systems. This is yep. what this is the content that's being approved by a lot of right leaning states and right leaning school boards um for children to learn and it's this is what's propping not, up our systems of oppression there we go this is what is um, making generational uh generational racism <laughs> yep um is is what's happening uh with prager prager you so uh so yeah there's there's that um i don't think we yeah. got any good news for today <laughs> <laughs> We didn't find any good news today. We were, I don't think we were going to do, I, I think we were trying to stick towards stuff that happened around this weekend, because uh, yeah. a lot happened this weekend in terms of um, observing um, anniversaries and, um, and, and how as far as we've come, we're still dealing with the same issues. And there are too many of us who seem to be in denial that these issues still exist. Yeah. Or, or 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 refuse to recognize, as we've said, how white supremacy, patriarchy, capitalism has mutated in such a way that it may not look like it looked 60, 70 years ago, but the issues are still there. They're still they're still running through everything. So anyways, 
Um, anything else you want to you want to share? No, no. I'm. I am. I guess the uh, in a way, a little good news is that um, that there is that there was the march. Like even though yes. sixty years, you know, there's still energy, you know, around it. And I think it's also important to for people to if you think about it as a commemoration stop doing that and start thinking about it as you know a continuation um we're not commemorating something because we haven't gotten very far with you know martin luther king jr's call to action um yes so this is the you know the unfinished war so to speak yes um so i um and uh you know in terms of good news it's still a march people are still showing up there's still conversation you know and wherever you are is where the work is yes indeed all right so we're going to call it a wrap for today um on this episode um as always please visit projectsanctus.com check out uh, the other things we we got going on, um, please join us for our affinity group. Please make a donation to help defray the costs of bringing this podcast to you for free. It's not free for us. It's free for you. So uh, help us out a little bit um, on that. And also um, spread the word. Tell your friends about it. Let them know they can find this podcast on all the streaming platforms, podcast platforms, including things like your Amazon Alexa. A lot of people have Amazon Alexas. You can just tell your Amazon Alexa to play us uh, with love and justice for all. And it should do it. Um, and if it doesn't, let us know. And if, again, you always have that friend who doesn't know what a podcast is, we are also on the old school interwebs at with love and justice for all.podbean.com. So until we meet again. Let's get our holy on. Thank you.